You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. This episode is for all our entrepreneur working mamas out there. We're chatting everything about balancing a career and motherhood and the mindset behind that elusive balance and tension. Today, we're chatting with Becky Hoshek, a life and mindset coach for faith-fueled mamas called to building businesses and growing careers while raising families. Oh, I'm passionate about this topic. I hope you are too. It was a good one. Through private one-on-one coaching and her podcast, Beyond Happy, Becky helps women get unstuck and get their lives back so they can fully live into the meaningful lives that they're called to. So today we asked Becky, honestly, the biggest question that we hear all the time and low-key the questions I have daily as a working mama and she did not disappoint. She just got to the heart of issues like the pressure we put on ourselves as working mamas to get back to work, quote unquote, immediately after having a baby, the mindset hacks that we can utilize when it comes to balancing both motherhood and running a business. She also shares about how though entrepreneurship and motherhood does have unexpected ups and downs that are out of our control, there is still so much that we actually do have control over. And she talks about practical ways to actively choose the life that we're living. Lastly, towards the end of the conversation, she shares her thoughts on the word busy and the lies often associated with that phrase, especially as a working mama. Are we actually busy or is it a lie that we're believing and being told? This episode is just so freaking good and one that we can't wait for you to hear. So without further ado, our powerful conversation on motherhood and entrepreneurship with Becky Hoshek. Here we go. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Becky, welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited as well. Yes, it's going to be a fun conversation. Okay, for any of our audience who might not know who you are, do you want to just kind of introduce yourself and give like a brief rundown of you and what you do and your story and all that good stuff? Yes, I would love to. I am Becky Hoshek. I am a life and mindset coach for mostly moms called to build businesses and careers while raising kids. And so many of my clients in a nutshell are feeling so grateful for everything they have in their lives. Uh, Most of them are married, they are growing families, and they have meaningful work that they are really passionate and excited about. And yet a lot of time they just don't feel great. Um, And they kind of wonder why and if something's wrong with them or if they're missing something that everyone else knows about and wondering why their days don't feel better than they do. So I come in and really help them take a look at what's going on for them so that they can get their lives back, feel better, and be more capable of showing up in the world to do all the meaningful things that they really care about. And how this work came about, uh, I am a creative at heart. I uh, have been my whole life. I went to school um, and got degrees in 
art, specifically graphic design, and also a business degree in marketing because I was very much this dichotomy of right brain, left brain. My favorite subjects in school were always math and art. So I had these two unique sides of of my brain happening, right? And I knew from high school that I wanted to pursue both business and the creative parts, um, specifically art and design and writing. And so my first job out of school was working for the publisher of Better Homes and Gardens magazine. I got to do writing and design. I got to go on photo shoots and do all the fun things. And a few years out of school, I had worked for a few different um, jobs, a combination of publishers and some small nonprofits. And it didn't take me long to realize that I really wanted to have the freedom of being my own boss. So I launched a freelancing business and I did copywriting, marketing strategy, design work, all the creative things for, for several years and then got married and we started our family. And as is the story with so many photographers, when our first baby came, she was a preemie. She was born at 32 weeks and she came home from the hospital at the start of flu season. And our doctor said, she's welcome to come home now, but we'd really like you. This was in September. We'd really like you to keep her home and away from the public for her first winter, just to give her a really safe and protected first few months. And I decided then that it was time to pursue checking out photography. It was always something that I'd been interested in. I had a savings bond that my grandparents had given me either for a high school or graduation gift. I cashed that in to buy a a good camera, right? And started playing around, taking photos of our baby daughter and then added photography to this list of creative work that I loved doing so much. And over the course of the next several years, I was kind of doing two different things, growing a portrait photography business, but also continuing to freelance in terms of doing branding work. But on both levels, the majority of my clients were moms. They were either moms running creative small businesses who are needing help with their marketing or their design or their copy, or they were moms hiring me to photograph their babies and their families. And the interesting thing looking back is that there was a common thread, a pattern that I started to see as I started to build these relationships with these moms. And it was sharing with me that on the outside, they had lives that looked incredible and amazing. And in many ways, they truly did have everything they'd pretty much ever prayed for. And yet on the inside, they were kind of falling apart. And when I heard these stories over and over enough, I started feeling this nudge that I was supposed to be serving women on a different level than I was, something more personal, something deeper. But as these nudges, (laughs) these divine breadcrumbs, as I like to say, tend to fall, I had no idea what that meant. So I continued doing what I was doing and really just started being open to what does that even mean? What am I supposed to be doing? And over the course of about two years, I would say, I really explored this. I would sometimes be more patient and other times I would tell my husband, what is going on? I'm supposed to be doing something differently, but I have no idea. Like, can I just have a sign? And it all um, changed in the matter of a 24 hour period. I was 
actually listening to a podcast episode and it was talking about uh, a life coaching program, which I didn't even really have a great familiarity with. I wasn't super sure what that even meant. And something just resonated with me. And I knew, I knew that that's what I was supposed to be doing. I knew that that was my next step. I knew the program that I was supposed to enroll in. And in less than a month, I had taken on extra photography clients to generate enough revenue to pay for the entire coaching certification program that I wanted to enroll in. And I was all in. And it was kind of a whirlwind, um, but so fun looking back to see how everything leading up to that moment, every piece of work that I had done building up to that was preparing me for not only the experience of becoming a coach who could help these women, but also having the background to really go all in and be able to create the creative for a brand new pivot in my business. So uh, being able to write the copy and do the marketing and design um, has been such a blessing and a gift along the way and something I enjoy, which is so fun. But where that brings us now is to today. I have been doing this work for about three years now. And as I shared, most of my clients are women who are, well, they all are called to meaningful work beyond parenting. And a lot of them are business owners, specifically creatives and coaches, which I think just there's this natural um, draw to me because there's just that shared interest that we have. And then some of my clients are are growing traditional careers, working on uh, the corporate level or for Mm -hmm. another employer, but all the same, pursuing work outside of parenting and I do this work through uh, personal coaching, through one-on-one work, and through uh, a podcast I have, which I started in December of 2018 called Beyond Happy. And the premise of Beyond Happy is all about the idea that we live in this world that is shouting at us that the purpose of our lives is to chase happiness and to do whatever Mm. makes us happy. And I think at our core, at a soul level, what we really crave is something that goes so much farther beyond that. And it's really what we're longing for. And it goes so far beyond happy, which is where I came up with with the name of the podcast. But the podcast really talks about, thank you. We really dive in. I like to say on the podcast, we talk about the big things in life. We talk about the little things and everything in between, because sometimes Mm -hmm the little everyday things, the little frustrations or irritations or doubts, when we can really dive in and unpack those, it can have such a tremendous impact on what our days and lives look and feel like. So I always tell my new clients, like nothing is, um, nothing is out of the realm of something that we can work on. Everything is game. It's never too big. It's never too small. And then the third way that I work with clients I would say the, the major way is one-on-one work, but I also, over the last couple of years, have been contributing to other entrepreneurs' programs and classes and masterminds by providing mindset coaching work for their students so that they can really focus on what they are, are best at, their areas of expertise. And I'm able to come in and offer support when students or clients are feeling stuck or not getting the results that they had invested in and they want to 
to get there. And so I come in to kind of lend an extra hand to kind of help them cross the finish line. So that's what it looks like. Um, my work, um, from a kind of a big picture level and what I am doing in the everyday today. I love that. Oh my gosh, Becky, you are in the right place because every (laughs) single thing that you just said, I I know for a fact is going to resonate with our, with so many of our listeners, Um, just so many creative entrepreneurs. A lot of our listeners are mamas and parents. If there's some dudes out there listening and just, (laughs) I, I know that they, they struggle with that balance of wanting a career outside of the home, outside of parenthood. And I just love that that's kind of the niche that you focus on and really what you're passionate about, especially just like coaching and focusing on the mindset, just yes. all of that. So I just want to like deep dive into it because <laughs> um, yes. I'm, I'm very excited for this conversation. Yeah. So let's just like dive right in on in to balancing motherhood and a career, whether that career is entrepreneurship or even a nine to five. But I, I know a lot of moms are faced often with the decision after they have their baby of going back to work and then feeling that pressure to then like, oh, I have to get back into something. I have to like get back on the horse or whatever the horse is. I don't know. But do you feel like there's a pressure put on women or that we put that on ourselves to like, oh, okay, I'm done with the baby. Like I've had it. Great. Okay, cool. Now like I'm going to go back to work or like I'm going to get back on on track or or whatever. Like, do you think that exists? And if so, do you think it's self-imposed? Yeah. So what I see is that we live in a world where there are a lot of opinions about what it looks like to be a good mom and what it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to ignore those outside influences. So, and of course there are very strongly differentiated opinions about what that looks like. There are people out there who say, you know, the best thing for a child is for the mom to be at home all the time. And then there are others who say the best thing for the mom is to be able to pursue the passions outside of parenting that she's always wanted. And I really believe the best thing for any child is for them to have a mom who is really following what feels most authentic and true to who she is. And I don't think it matters. I don't think it has as much to do with what, which direction they choose, but yeah. what is going to really fuel them and light them up. Because when they pursue that, they're going to show up so differently as a mom. And that's what matters most. But from a personal point, I think that from the inside, most of the, my clients share that really what they just want to do is the right thing. They mm-hmm. want to do what's best for their families. And it's really hard when you can't get that answer from someone else and the world can't tell you what's best for you and your family. Yeah. And when you have meaningful work that you care about that's outside of motherhood, you do have a lot of questions about what's it going to take to do both of these well? Can I do both of these well? And a huge fear that I see from my clients is this um, fear that sometimes they don't even realize they have until we start to kind of unpack what's going on. But this fear that in order to have a successful business, that at some point they're going to have to sacrifice having a meaningful life, having enough time with their family, a belief maybe that it's going to be a trade-off and that they're going to have to miss out on parts of their kids' lives in order to make this other thing work too. And so it kind of creates this 
trap for us because it starts to feel like a lose-lose and a very uncertain decision to be making, especially when we do live in a world that often communicates that you can't do both well, that you're going to have to do either or, not both. Mm. Yeah. Well, I guess so with that, Becky, do you feel like, I guess, do you want to unpack like your belief in can a woman do both and do them well? Like, I feel like these, there's like, I have so many questions on that. So do you want to like touch on that just a little bit? Yes. Yes. So this is a huge one. And I do. I think the first thing that we have to do in order to make that happen is work through the belief that does create um, so much doubt for us and questioning whether or not that's even a possibility. But I think one thing that we have to get really clear on is that we have to let go of trying to do it all. I believe that you can do anything, but you probably can't do everything. And trying to do it all and trying to do everything is likely going to set you up for not only failure in terms of it probably not being really realistic to make happen, but also a really unfulfilling life. Because naturally, if you're trying to do it all and you're pulled in so many different directions, it's going to be really tough to do any one of those things really well and to feel confident in your abilities to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Spreading yourself too thin can... Mm -hmm make you snap. I feel like um, there's some soul searching involved in this to really get clear on, you know, what do I really believe? What do I really want for my life? And do I like yeah. my reasons? Am I making these decisions because in my heart, this feels so right for me and my family and what I feel like we're being called to do? Or am I doing this because it's what I think my spouse thinks I should do or what our parents think I should be doing as a mom and really gaining confidence to feel good about your own decision-making processes and to really feel like you can own that even if it may look different than the choices your best friends or your sister or your mom made for her family. Um, Mm -hmm. And the more confident you can get in owning that, the more peace you feel you know, at the start of every day when you're deciding again that this is the path that you want to be taking. Yeah. Well, and I feel like they're both running your own business or having your own career and then also being a mom. Mm-hmm. Those are completely two full-time jobs, like straight up. <laughs> like, yes. and people, so many people out there are battling that tension of trying to do both full-time at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's impossible an extent, in an, to an extent to like give your 100% full self uh, like 40 hours a week to absolutely both. That's, if you do the math, that's 80 hours a week. Yes. Um, and that just like the, the time commitment for both is, is, is hard. And so I know so many people battle with that tension. I mean, myself included, my hand is raised. Um, like we're in a season right now where my husband usually watches our daughter when, uh, I'm working. However, right now, Long story short, we're basically in a renovation that he's working on. And so I've had to deal with like, oh, okay, wait, I had all of these like work uh, situations and now I'm watching her, but okay, wait, do I, how do I, okay, I need someone to watch her. I need daycare or I need a babysitter or like all these things. And I just, I know so many women out there struggle with that same thing of wanting to do it all and do it well. But do you have, I guess the question I'm trying to come out of this ramble (laughs) is just, do you have any thought processes or mindset tricks that you found that help women 
who want to do both and are struggling with that balance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there are three important pieces to making that work in a way that feels realistic and healthy. And the first is really setting your expectations for what that looks like. Um, It's really hard. I have a lot of clients who come to me because they're reaching for work-life balance, which we can talk more about. Um, But the interesting thing is that when I ask them, awesome, you're you're wanting to create work-life balance in your life. Tell me what it looks like. How are you going to know when you've gotten there? And I get blank stares because we have this idea that it's something that we're supposed to be striving for, that it's like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that we're supposed to be trying to figure out, but nobody knows what it even is. And it's really hard to measure something that you can't even articulate. You're working towards something that you're not even sure what it looks like or how are you going to know when you get there? And so setting expectations is so important because what looks like the life that you want to have, which what feels good for you and your family is not only going to be different for you compared to your friends and your family, but also it's going to change from season to season in your own life. Mm-hmm. Might yep. depend on the ages of your kids or what kind of work you're doing. Are you just starting out your business or are you really growing and scaling? And all, all of these things, are you launching a new program or new project or are you in a season that's pretty steady and you're just kind of writing on momentum, all of those things come into play. Yeah. So really setting your expectations because at least then you've got a way to measure if what your day-to-day looks like is aligning with what you had in mind. If you have no yeah. expectations set out at the forefront, it's going to be really hard to know where those boundaries are and if what you're doing is working well, or if you need to recalibrate and kind of reset and draw a new map of where you want to be going. Mm-hmm. So that's the first piece, setting expectations. Second is I have found it so important for clients to have pretty clear boundaries between work life and what they're designating as work hours and mm-hmm. personal life. And what we've seen in the last year and a half or so, well, not quite, but almost with the pandemic, I guess by the time this airs, it probably will happen. Um, (laughs) But um, is that at no other point in time has there been such a lack of division for a working mom between her personal life and her professional life, which has shown me and my clients so clearly why it is so important. Because if there isn't a boundary there, it's so stressful. It's hard to make decisions. It's hard to plan. And if you're letting work seep into time that you're trying to spend with your kids or uh, your spouse or whatever that looks like, and you also on the flip side have family time kind of spilling over into time that you had designated for work, it's really not going to be a good thing because it feels like you start to fall behind on all the things and not follow through on, you know, your priorities, your values and what matters most. And it's so much easier to stay in alignment with what your values are when you have those boundaries between personal time, personal schedule and work. And it's not that it has to be something that you can never break or bend. Yes. I think a lot of moms realize that flexibility is really important 
when you have a family and you're building a business and working too, but it's, it is crucial to be somewhat intentional to know this is when I want to work during the week and this is when I don't want to be working and make the accommodations necessary to make that happen as often as we can. So that's the second piece, creating boundaries. The third one would be letting go of a mindset where you find being busy and being hurried valuable. Mm. When we believe that our worth is coming from our productivity, how busy we are, and we kind of assimilate being in our hurry with things going well or being of value or worthiness to us, it's a recipe for disaster, especially for a mom building a business because so many moms feel like they don't have enough time and they're so busy and it's so overwhelming and exhausting that if they can let go of this belief that my busyness, my productivity is tied to my value, then you have a really big priority shift happens that allows you to experience what I think is kind of the peace and the confidence that we're looking for when we say we just want life balance because we're looking for something outside of us to help us feel better. We think, oh, if we can just get there, if I can just figure out this balance thing, it's going to all be so much better. But Mm -hmm. rather than balance, I think we're just wanting some peace in our days. We want to feel capable and confident that we are doing what's best for our family and um, feel like we can show up in our days excited about what we're getting to do that day and not feel guilty whether or not what we're excited about is something that's more of a, a mom activity or something that we're doing for our businesses or our careers and allowing ourselves to be happy and excited about whatever that looks like without having the guilt and without feeling like this would all be so much better if I just had more time. Mm. Yeah. Oh, there was so much in that that we could just <laughs> unpack right now. That was like a freaking gold mine of information. Um, but something that really just like stuck out to me as you were talking was your your third point of just like when you were saying, you know, switching our mindset around like hurriedness or busyness. And something that I've noticed with myself, with even other friends, other moms who are also running a business, just people in general, we've almost equated productivity with like busyness or with specifically like a work task, Mm -hmm. which I think we need to completely redefine productivity because, you know, resting is productive and spending time with your children is productive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, it's almost like we have to completely shift that perspective of, you know, oh, I'm going to take this entire day to just go with the flow with my kids and I'm not going to get any laundry done and I'm not going to do any dishes and I'm not going to do any work. I'm just going to be fully present, take a day, you know, trip with my kids and then come home and take a nap when they take their nap. And, you know, like a lot of people I think would automatically look at that day and be like, oh, wow, that's not productive at all. Like that's just a a throwaway day. Maybe it's necessary, but it's a throwaway day. Mm -hmm. But like, I think it's reshifting that focus and that definition 
of productivity to being like, that's one of the most productive days you could have. Like, that's incredible. And it's just shifting our mindset around that. So I don't know. I just, that stood out, stood out to me and I was like, yes, like, let's go. Absolutely. I, I mean, I was just talking with a client the other day and asked her how her weekend was. And she said, oh, you know, Saturday, I just kind of hung out outside. I read a book. I, I didn't really, I wasn't productive, I guess. But, and I said, stop, stop for a minute. Because if it was life-giving, it was productive. Yeah. Mm. And that's a moment right there. That's (laughs) just the sentence. (laughs) Right? Because we really have to redefine what productivity looks like and what that even means in the measure of a day. If our only goal was to get XYZ accomplished in a day, then I, yes, I guess it would make sense to measure our days by how much work we got done or if we met this goal. But again, going back to that soul level craving that I feel like we all have that knows that we're made for more than that, that it's not just, we're just not these robots who are supposed to be striving and working and reaching goals and setting new ones and moving on to the next, that there is another piece of our lives that we're really craving, I think even that lack of defining the measure of a day is so impactful because it's why so many clients come to me feeling like they're missing out on the lives happening right in front of them. They're so distracted because they've been told over and over that the importance of their worth and their work is by what productivity they can measure And when you do that, you are going to be distracted constantly away from what matters most. And you may not even realize it, but what you do start to notice is something's not right here. Like, I feel like something should be different. And that's where you get to the place where you kind of feel like you're going through the motions each day, just trying to make it through, just trying to get by, kind of spinning on the hamster wheel, but feeling like something's missing. I almost think you have to scale back to and ask yourself why you're doing what you're doing. Yes. And it's like, what? okay, you're doing work because you want to be productive because people tell you to be successful, you need to be productive, but like almost kind of scaling farther back than that. And it's, it's like, why did I want to be an entrepreneur or why did I want this career in the first place? Why did I want to start this? Is it for financial freedom? Okay. Is it for financial freedom to spend time with your kids? Like, it's Mm -hmm. like, you have to like actually define that. And I think when we get down to it, it's like, do you like, we get in this hamster wheel and we forget our why so easily to the point that we lose sight of what really matters in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I just think of the even especially for those mamas out there that have young kids, maybe that's just the season that I'm in right now. I have one and I'm pregnant with another one on the way. And so I'm just like, every single one of these moments right now is so special. Like my daughter, Eloise, like when she's laughing and when she's like giddy and like, I'm tickling her, like I want to hang on to those moments forever. But simultaneously, I find myself loving that and wanting to spend time with her, but simultaneously loving my job, loving being a podcaster. Like I, it's like you, you find yourself loving both these things simultaneously, but it, it's so easy, I think, to get caught up in, in, oh, I, I have to prioritize one over the other. Like I can't, so it's, oh, it's always work and I can't ever, I don't know. It's just like, there's such a sacredness of 
slowing down and asking yourself why you're doing so, why what you're doing and really savoring those moments that you do have and being intentional to craft them and create them, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Would you agree with that, Becky? Yeah. And what happens a lot of the time is you, you, you have this intention that I'm going to set out and do this work so that I can have the freedom to be present yeah. for my kids and to do that. But what I see happening a lot is that unintentionally, we then get to this place where so much of our focus and energy is thinking about how much we have to do or should be doing that we aren't getting done and feeling Mm -hmm. behind in all the places. Um, I had a client tell me recently, I feel like I'm either failing at home or I'm failing at work because I'm always behind on one or the other. And then if you think about it, if so much of your time is being spent thinking about all the ways you're behind, then it's impossible to be present with either one. You're not going to be present when you are spending time with your family because you're going to be thinking about all the work things you're behind on. And when you're working, you're probably going to be feeling guilty that you're not present with your family. And it's 100% uh, created, this experience, this difficulty is created by our thoughts and our thinking about this, what we're making it mean about ourselves, that we're choosing to work, that we're that maybe we're choosing to do these things. Maybe we're choosing to get help with our kids today so that we can work on this thing over here or go to this meeting. And we have a lot of thoughts and we make it mean a lot of things about us that often don't serve us very well. And I think it's fascinating too that a lot of business owners do start businesses for that freedom, whether it's time freedom or financial freedom or mm-hmm. the freedom to just create a life that that really works for them. But when, even though that was their intention, it's almost like it becomes this self-created prison in a way where freedom is like the last thing they're experiencing and yeah. was never their intention. And then they feel themselves kind of trapped, like, Whose life is this? Like, how did I get here? What did I do? Why did Mm -hmm. I choose this? We wanted to interrupt this episode real fast to chat about counseling. Now, counseling is so often stigmatized in a negative way, and it absolutely should not be. Because Evie and I so firmly support counseling in all stages of life, we were so excited when BetterHelp, an online counseling company, reached out to us to be a sponsor on the show. We were able to try it ourselves for a bit, and our experiences were incredible. I was even able to go on and fill out a full list of information about myself, my desires in a counselor, including religious beliefs, and more. I was matched with an amazing counselor who shares my worldview, and I absolutely loved the ability to put preferences like that down on the questionnaire. Something else we genuinely loved about BetterHelp is that they offer four ways to get licensed counseling. Video sessions, phone calls, live chat, and messaging. It's honestly incredible. If you've been contemplating counseling but are feeling lost on where to start, we definitely recommend BetterHelp. We both had great experiences with them and have so many friends also loving their services. So we have an affiliate link for you today for 10% off your first month. Just go to www.betterhelp.com forward slash heart and hustle. Hey, hey, if you are new here and haven't heard about our online resource shop, ooh, listen up. The Heart Shop is a digital resource and template shop for creative entrepreneurs and photographers. There are so many goodies for creative entrepreneurs in the shop, like website templates, PDF guide templates, illustrations to enhance your brand, and lots more. But one thing in particular we made sure to add was contract templates. Y'all, the horror stories we have heard in our years of business is 
unmatched and a little terrifying. (laughs) Clients refusing to pay after you've delivered a service, clients demanding their retainer back after canceling on you last minute. The list goes on. Business shouldn't feel like you're walking on eggshells though. And yet that's how most of us feel when we first start our business. We're petrified to make a wrong move or have an unhappy client. Okay, but here's the truth. One of the first foundational steps of owning your own business should be protecting yourself legally with contracts. Yes, yes, even for friends and family. Contracts allowed us to walk in confidence as we grew our photography businesses. But also hiring a lawyer to create custom contracts for you is a pain in the butt and the wallet. And grabbing whatever free or cheap template online is often not enough protection. Yes. So we wanted to make this as easy and seamless for you as possible and give you the resources to make sure you have your butt protected. We have partnered with our favorite lawyer and attorney, Paige, from the legal page. She has not only created powerful contract templates, but her team is so present and ready to help figure out which ones you need for your business. You can stack our contracts in our shop like the wedding photography contract, destination intimate wedding contract, cancellation and rescheduling bundle, second shooter and associate contracts, and honestly, so much more. Just head to theheartcontracts.com for 10% off. That's theheartcontracts.com. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's more common than a lot of us really recognize sometimes. Like it's mm-hmm. it's so easy. I think especially for entrepreneurs who, you know, dive into the business world thinking, okay, I'm going to create, you know, this freedom for me and my kids, whether it's like future kids or, you know, you have your kids at home and suddenly realize you don't want to be in the corporate space. You're going to build a, you know, a job from home. And then all of a sudden, because you're the boss, like you're the one in charge and you're the one responsible. And if you aren't doing the work, nobody else is. So it's like, it almost becomes this like exhausting, draining, like prison, like you were saying, where we become a slave to this career or this job that we initially started for, freedom and we become like, it's the, you know, a a prisoner in that process. And that's not how it's supposed to be. No. And you kind of find yourself wondering, like, did I miss something? Like, how did we end up here? How did I create Mm -hmm. this? And it's a place where a lot of us end up stuck and wondering, what do I do next to kind of unravel what feels like a big mess that I've made? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, What would you say, Becky, to that person just really fast? Because I feel like we just maybe hit a pain point for some of our listeners. Do you want to just kind of break down like what tips would you give to to the mom or just to the entrepreneur who might be feeling that way right now, who's feeling like they almost built up a prison around themselves and they're, they just don't even know where to start to kind of like start unraveling it. Yeah. I really think that you kind of touched on it just a minute ago. You really have to give yourself the space to revisit your why. You have to have Mm -hmm. a compelling reason and also honor that people change over time. And if you were 22 years old, Mm -hmm. when you decided to start a business and it's six, eight, 10, however many years later, you are not the same person that you were when you were making those decisions. And what might have been a really compelling why back then may just not resonate with you the same way now as it did. And to, to honor that and to give yourself grace and knowing that your plan at one point in time was a plan that was the best thing for you in that season of your life, but life changes. And sometimes we surprise ourselves, our values change, our priorities change and kind of recalibrating in that way and getting clear on what does matter 
to me most right now in this season. Why am I choosing this path for my life? And do I like my reason? Because Mm -hmm. liking your reason is going to have everything to do with whether or not what you're pursuing feels something feels like something that's being forced upon you or something that you are, you know, openly pursuing and and excited and joyful about. Yes. Well, and I also think just with both entrepreneurship and motherhood, there's things that we can't control, like that are just completely out of our control, but that there, there are also things that we can control. Like maybe we can't control how our child is going to act. Well, sometimes you can't, but like, (laughs) like maybe (laughs) just circumstances in life happen and you can't control them in both, like I said, motherhood and business. But, but what are the things that we can control? Like, do you have any tips on just for moms out there on how to focus and, and craft your life a little bit around the things that are your choice and you can control with both motherhood and business? Yeah, 100%. In fact, I think that the awareness and the focus on everything that we do have so much control over is one of the the key skill sets to learn in order to make mm-hmm. lasting change in our lives because it's not something that we're taught. We are grown we grow up and are taught that uh, we are kind of just supposed to react to what life throws at mm-hmm. us and it creates this this feeling that life is very much out of our control. And while yes, some of it is, there are absolutely circumstances beyond anything that we can do about really harnessing the power that comes with understanding how much control over our lives we actually have, how we have been intentionally created with the ability to create a huge part of our life experience and what it feels like to be us is everything. It puts us back in the driver's seat of our own lives. It helps us be more intentional instead of reactive. And overall, it just feels so much better when you feel like you are a key player, that you're not a victim Mm -hmm. to what's unfolding all around you, that you have choice, that there are options available to you, and that you can do something about it if you are wanting to make important change in your life. So the first piece that we can control are the stories that we tell ourselves about our lives every single day. I always teach my clients at the very beginning of our time together that our life experience is really divided between two things. There are facts and there are the stories that we tell ourselves. And I always joke, like you may not have known that you are a storyteller or a writer, but you are writing a story minute by minute, hour by hour, every single day of your life. And the story that you are telling yourself probably matters almost more than anything else. I would say second to probably your faith. Um, But the story Mm -hmm. that you are telling yourself is what your life feels like. What it feels like to be you is a very tiny percentage of factual things. I call it the math. There's math and there's drama. There's facts. And then there's everything that we're making the facts of our lives mean about ourselves. And we can learn how it is that we have been given control over this ability to choose our thoughts. And this matters because we know that our thinking has a ripple effect throughout our entire life. Our thoughts create our emotions. They're creating what we're feeling. What we're feeling is always driving 
what we're doing, how we're behaving, what we say, what yeah. we don't say, that's always dependent on what we're feeling in the moment. And all three of those join together, thoughts creating feelings and feelings driving our actions and behavior that is creating our life experience day to day. Yeah. So the, that first piece, our thinking and how it's creating these stories that we're telling ourselves is, is huge. And a byproduct of that, like I just shared, is that you actually have a whole lot of control over what your everyday life feels like. And it's because you've been given this ability, this free will to choose your thinking on purpose. And that's creating what your days feel like. Mm. Uh, We can also control whether we're going through life reacting emotionally or choosing intentionally how we are showing up. And that's just as true in business as it is in life and relationships in general. Um, and then I would say the, the last piece that's really important understanding that we also have control over how easy or difficult a lot of our days feel based on our ability to make intentional decisions especially the ability to make decisions ahead of time for ourselves. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. I describe this um, to my clients as, um, let's say you're planning a launch in your business and you've got all these things going on. You've got a family, you've got baseball games and preschool programs and all the things happening. And you think of the you who is going to be doing that launch or if it's not something for your business, the you who's trying to eat healthier or trying to get back into a workout routine, whatever that looks like, how can you right now make it easier for her tomorrow? What can you do for her intentionally now that's going to make it so much easier for her to just show up and follow through and not get stuck in having to make a decision in the moment because you've already taken care of that. It's Mm -hmm. a huge piece in in being able to be more efficient with our time and follow through on the things that matter to us because we've invested ahead of time in in making those decisions. And it's way more efficient for our brain um, from a mindset perspective, neuroscience, um, to make a decision ahead of time in the moment, if we get, if I get up today without a plan for my day and I sit down in my office and ask myself, okay, well, what are we going to work on? My brain is going to start thinking about all the things that we could be doing. Maybe we should go look at this. Maybe we should go do this. And it'll probably tell me that it doesn't know, like, we don't know what we should do. So we're just going to spin and think about it for a while. You can see when a lot of your days are spent like that, trying to figure things out in the moment, trying to decide as you go, it's a really inefficient use of our time. And also why I think so many of us can feel like we're really busy and yet like we don't have a lot to show for it because mm-hmm. that time hasn't been used as productively as it could. Yeah. So those are, I would say, the most important things that we absolutely have control over. Our thinking and the stories we tell ourselves every day, what our day-to-day life looks and feels like because of that, whether we mm-hmm. react emotionally or respond intentionally, and then really harnessing the skill of making decisions for ourselves ahead of time. Mm, yes. That's so good. Do you feel like 
that applies to busy seasons as well. I mean, obviously, but I think, you know, when it comes to combining like motherhood and entrepreneurship, you just get into seasons, like you were saying, like a launch coming up, like stuff just gets crazy um, Mm -hmm. in entrepreneurship. And then you just add kids into that mix and it's like, oh, goodness. Um, So I know you've (laughs) said before, stop being a busy mom. So can you maybe elaborate a little bit more on what that means and kind of how we can implement that? Yeah. I get asked about this a lot because uh, I can't remember if it was like a month or two ago that I did a podcast episode on how I'm, I'm not a busy mom. I have three kids. I have a business. My husband is a physician. He has a very demanding job. He's not around. Um, I wouldn't say he's never around, but he, you know, works quite a few hours and is on call, um, about one weekend a month. And so, but I don't, I don't describe myself as busy and truly I don't even think about my life or my work or my day-to-day as being busy. And it didn't even cross my mind how abnormal this was until <laughs> I was having a conversation with a friend one day at school pickup. And she was saying, I just don't know how you do it all. And I don't know how you like make all this work and do all these things. And you don't even seem stressed really. And you're just so busy. And it kind of caught me off guard because I thought, oh, that's so interesting. You're right. Like, I mean, I am doing what you're saying that I'm doing, but why don't I feel busy? I don't identify with this description of ourselves that so many of my clients come to me sharing. And if you think about it, busy has become such a normal way to describe our lives. It used to be if you ran into someone, oh, hey, how are you doing? I'm fine. It used to be fine. Fine. Are you, how are you? Fine, fine. We're all fine. But now it's that's been replaced with the word busy. It that's doesn't matter so true. how yeah. old you are. This crosses generational lines. It, it, it doesn't matter who you are. If you run into someone and strike up a conversation, the word busy is probably going to come up in the first few words. And so I've really dove in, dove into this, um, recently just to like really think about this more and how I got to this place. And I think the first thing that has to happen is that we have to create some clarity around how busy is created. We tend to think, you know, Hey, I'm just busy. Almost like this is a fact. I'm just telling you the news. I'm a busy person. I have a busy life. You have a busy life. We're all so busy. But busy is not a fact. In fact, what I just touched on in the previous question about the stories that we tell about ourselves, about our lives, busy is actually a piece of our identity that we've created because of the stories that we tell ourselves. And if you think about Mm. over time, when you practice something over and over, a thought becomes a belief. And a belief over time that feels very true is going to become almost this internal truth that we don't even think to question. Add on top of that, that your friends and your family and the world you live in is filled with people who are always describing themselves as busy. We don't even think to question that because it just is the way things are. Like we, it's so common, so familiar. So it really starts with kind of wiping the slate clean and understanding what creates the feeling of busy. We think 
that it's all that we're doing, the length of our to-do list, what our schedules look like, what we're committed to, all of the responsibilities we have. Those seem like they are creating our lives to be busy. But the truth is the only thing that is ever making us feel busy is one sentence. It's a thought that our brain offers us that says, I'm so busy or Mm -hmm. I'm always Mm -hmm. busy. And if you think about that being practiced and repeated day after day, after month, after year, it becomes this truth. It just feels like who we are. So that very first piece of shifting that identity, that first step to stop being busy has nothing to do with doing less or doing things differently. It has everything to do with paying attention to the language that you're using and the stories you're telling yourself about what you're doing in the course of your day. Because we could take two very different people that have the exact same items on their schedule, the exact same goals for their day, and one could feel overwhelmed, stressed, exhausted, Mm -hmm. and incapable because she's thinking, I'm so busy. Also thoughts like, I'm always behind. There's never enough time. That is what's making her feel so busy. On the flip side, the other person may have that very same workload, may have the same family activities, the same kinds of things going on, but she doesn't describe herself as busy or feel like that's just who she is. It's just like, she has things to do and she does them. She's decided they're important to her and she just moves on with her day. There isn't that that personal identifier of I'm so busy. And I also think that sometimes busy almost feels like this diagnosis that we're carrying around. It feels like something we can't do anything about. This is just the way our life is, probably the way it's always going to be. And we don't realize that we can actually do something about it. So that is Mm -hmm. that first step. It's rewriting the narrative of believing that busy is just something we are rather than something we're creating with our thoughts. Mm, That's so good. Well, and even as you were talking, I almost think that a lot of people even prescribe busy to you. Like the amount of times that I haven't even said I'm busy, but people have like when they've reached out for something or they call me or text and they're just like, hey, I know you're so busy. Oh, I know you're so busy. And and you start to believe that narrative because it's being told on you Mm -hmm. or told to you. Mm -hmm. And then it it starts to inwardly seep into your like, oh yeah, okay, I am busy. Yeah, (laughs) I'm very busy. And it's just, it's, I love that you're just bringing it back to the mindset of like your thoughts have power, your Mm -hmm. words have power. And that honestly is where you start to craft your life around the thoughts and just I, even the comparison of the two people that have the same schedules, that's just a, such a beautiful picture just because it's so true. Like how you view your life, how you view your days truly does matter. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that it kind of leads into like the last question that we have, which so many moms, because busyness really uh, adheres itself very well to the excuse of like, I'm sorry, I don't have time or I have no, t- I mean, it just goes hand in hand with the concept of being busy. Mm-hmm. And I think especially as mamas who are also entrepreneurs, th- everyone wishes they had more time, right? You always hear like, oh, I wish I had more time in the day. There's only 24 hours. Oh, that's annoying. Things like that. And I, do you think that we don't have enough time to do it all? Or it's just really similar to busyness, the mindset around the time or how we yeah. view the time? 
Yeah, it's a great question. And it probably is in some form the number one problem that moms come to me needing help with is this idea of not having enough time and not, you know, not using their time in a way that's allowing them to get done what they would like to get done. And I 100% think that our relationship with time, the way we're thinking about time is completely a mindset problem because we don't need more time. I really don't think it's, it's an easy, it's an easy direction for our brain to go because what happens when your brain identifies a problem is that it starts to find solutions outside of us. It starts to want to place blame on someone or something that we can't really do anything about, but that seem like a good explanation for why things feel hard or difficult for us. So it would make sense with these human brains that we have that are wired to look out for us and often to look out for problems that our brain would say, oh, it does. It just seems like if only we had more time, everything would be so much better, but we don't create time. So we're just going to have to deal with what we can and feel sad for ourselves and keep plugging along with with the lack of time that we all have. And it's just this kind of story that our brain tells ourselves. The truth is though, we weren't given 24 hours a day by accident. If you start yeah. to dive into this deeper and there are, I feel like a lot of um, faith connections to this whole topic of time, but it's, it wasn't created by accident. There is purpose in us being given the time that we have. And I don't even think it's possible that it could be true that we don't have enough time because we have the exact amount of time we have on purpose with purpose. Yeah. So the idea that it's not enough it really doesn't even make sense because we didn't create yeah. it. That's something that's outside of, of our control, but it's a place that we go to because it feels like, oh, if only I had more of this, I could do this or I'd feel so much better. So yeah. yes, I don't think that we need more time at all. It's completely how we're, we're choosing to think about it. Often what the real problem is, since if, we, if you believe that there's always enough time, then the issue is usually that we aren't being as efficient or planning our time as well as we could be maybe, that we're just using it ineffectively. Or maybe we are just overbooking or overscheduling ourselves. Maybe our expectations for what we should be able to fit in a 24-hour period just aren't realistic. So and those two things are things that we do have control over. So short answer to your, your question, I definitely don't think that we need more time. And that's a truth that when we can embrace that can really be a game changer in our days because it's such a go-to thought for us. It's such an excuse yeah. like, oh, if I just had more time. One thing yeah. that kind of made me laugh a little bit last year is that we do tell ourselves that things would be so much different if we had more time. And what happened in the pandemic was a lot of things were canceled. A lot of life changed. And we found ourselves, many of us, probably not first responders, and I'm sure there's other exceptions, but a lot of us found ourselves with more margin in our days than ever before. Mm -hmm. And I think I saw a meme 
at one point early on in the pandemic last year where someone said, well, I always said that if only I had more time, I'd have a clean house, but they're like home all the time looking around at their house <laughs> and nothing changed, right? Right. <laughs> house. So there's always a joke too, like if you had two more hours in a day, would your life really change that much? I guess that we would be in the same place. We'd fill that yeah. two hours to the brim yep. and then yep. we'd be wanting more. Yeah. So yep. such a fun topic to think about. Uh, I love that. I think there's so much that goes into that. And it's, you know, choosing to take, you know, charge of the time that you have been given and to steward it well and Mm -hmm. to not be the victim where you're like, oh, it's just only because I have 24 hours in the day. It's like, well, how are you choosing to spend those 24 hours? So I think there's just like, we don't need more time. We need to utilize our time here well and to view it with the right mindset. Cause I think that is what truly changes the game. That's what like unlocks the time for us. Yes. So I love that. Becky, you have been so freaking incredible to talk to. And I feel like you just dropped so much information and insight and permission today for all of our listeners, for the entrepreneurial mama. And I think, I just can't wait to see how impacted our listeners are. So for those who are just like, man, I need to work with Becky or learn more from her or, you know, whatever, connect with her in one way or another, where can everyone find you? Absolutely. Yes. So my website is beckyhoshek.com. You can find me there. Also information about what it looks like to work with me, how I can help. Um, And also the Beyond Happy podcast. You can find Beyond Happy really anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Uh, And it's available on my website as well. And then social media wise, I would say Instagram is the best place to find me. And my... um, handle is at Becky Hoshek. Uh, this was, this was so fun and I do hope it's so valuable. And I know as we kind of chatted together right before we started recording, there really is a sweet spot in bridging this place between faith and personal development and mindset. And Mm -hmm. I always like to say that my work is kind of part psychology, part theology and merging those two together to help us yeah. understand ourselves yeah, and the way we're sure. created at a different level. Because when we understand that a little bit better, when we understand our our humanness and why we think what we think and why we feel what we feel and do what we do, we can embrace that and we can live more intentionally and really understand the really this gift that we've been created with to create so much of our life experience on purpose. Yes. Mm. Love that. Freaking mic drop moment. Okay. I know. <laughs> Becky, you are incredible. Thank you so much for giving us an hour of your time, impacting our listeners. I just, I could listen to you and talk with you all day, literally. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm upset that we have only an hour, but uh, <laughs> thank you so much for just being here and empowering our listeners who are entrepreneurial mamas. You are so welcome. Thanks for having me.